Moncrief on News Talk. You may have seen in the news today that podium winners in the forthcoming Olympic Games will be given medals containing a little piece of the Eiffel Tower. The medals have had lots of local variations over the years. And to tell us about some of them, we're joined by Philip Barker, editor of the Olymp- uh, Journal of Olympic History. Afternoon again, Philip. Good afternoon. Yes, it's, it's quite something, isn't it? 18 grams of old Eiffel Tower metal. And it all comes from when they'd uh, done some re- re- renovations on the tower. They carefully stowed away all the metal that was used. And now they're giving it a second life. And of course, uh, Paris 2024, one of the things that they're very big on is sustainability and recycling what you already have. They're using metal for the Olympic torch as well. So this really is part of their whole idea of sustainability and reusing things. Right. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I was worried that people, they they were just going to rock up there and knock off bits of the Eiffel Tower, uh, depending on how many medal winners uh, uh, there were. Uh, What was the the original medal? Was was there a kind of a set design or did that change from location to location? Well, the game started in 1896, as I'm sure you know, and they, they didn't actually have a gold medal there. You actually got a silver medal for first and a bronze copper for second. And then gradually there were changes. And then in 1928, Giuseppe Cassioli, an Italian, designed a medal, and it had the goddess victory in front of the Colosseum in Rome, and the champion being acclaimed on the, on the heads, being chaired off by their supporters. And that was pretty much the standard design until the year 2000. And then after that, the Greeks decided that they wanted something that was more Greek for the 2004 games in Athens. And so they had this wonderful new design of Nike flying into the stadium with the wreath to honor the victors. Um, Now, the the reverse of the medal is always up to the host city. So you get different designs. One year for Sydney, they had the Sydney Opera House, for example. And this is just following on from that, that you have a distinctive design on the back of the medal that reflects the host city. Ah, right. And, and when you know when the cities are bidding for the Olympics, do they have to say in advance what that design might be? Well, the, the bidding the bidding for the Olympics is completely different. So the actual symbol they use for bidding is often, in fact, always very different to that that they end up using during the games. Oh. So, uh, so this is, this is a sort of um, uh, a thing. But um, you might be interested to know that in the old days, they never had a podium in the early days of the Olympics. Um, That didn't come in until 1932. And believe it or not, it was an idea that they um, appropriated from the Commonwealth Games. The first Commonwealth Games in 1930 had a podium for the winners. And the head of the IOC at the time saw this and said, that's a good idea. We're having that. And from 1932 onwards, um, in Lake Placid and Los Angeles, they had a podium. But they didn't get ribbons to their to their medals until 1960. But the ribbons this time are going to have another little design that has the Eiffel Tower in them. So they they really have thought about this, you know. Yeah. And and pr- prior then to there being no podium and no ribbons, how, how did they hand out the medals? Have you ever been to a flower show where they give out prize or um, 
uh, a show where they give out prizes for the best rhubarb, the best marrow, and so on and so forth. They had a table with all the medals on it and the dignitary, it was often the queen or some other some other lady of import, would just hand them out and all the athletes who were still there would go up and receive their prizes. Oh. Um, so that that's how it was done. It really was like a village flower show. Um, and sometimes... <laughs> You know, sometimes the athletes had already gone home, so they'd get them arriving by post a couple of weeks later in a little box. So um, nothing very special about that. I mean, these do actually come with a special presentation box, but um, all the athletes say the best medals are the ones that have been um, a bit dirty and a bit soiled because that means that you've been showing them to people and allowing them to touch them, and that's the really important thing. Make use of them when you've got them as an inspirational tool for the next generation. Yeah, and uh, your gold medal, how much actual gold is in it? Probably not a great deal. I mean, um, going back to uh, the 1896 one, it was silver gill, and they... There were, you know, I think it's more of a coating of gold and silver underneath, and then the other medals come in, gold, silver, bronze, and um, they don't have too much. I can give you the dimensions of the um, the medal. It's um, 85 millimetres in diameter. Now, um, if you like your digestive biscuits, that's yeah. about the size we're talking. Um, and 18 grams of that is Eiffel Tower. That's what you get for winning a gold medal or, or any medal in the Olympics at Paris this year or indeed in the Paralympics as well. They're designed slightly different, but they've still got this little um, element because they wanted something that everybody knew about Paris. And what do you think of when you go to Paris? The Eiffel Tower, of course. Uh, which is a great idea. Now, if, if, if a medal winner in the future, they win a medal, they bring it home and then they find they're down in their luck. So they decide to melt uh, uh, the, the medal down and sell it there for cash. Is it true the silver medal would actually be worth more than the gold medal? I, I think it probably will. I've, I've never never tried it. And I've never heard, heard of any. But I mean, people do sell their medals, very sadly. And um, often what happens is a museum will step in and try and preserve that because it, it's just such a special thing, isn't it, to have a gold medal. Um, and it would be very sad for it to be melted down because I think the it's it's the in, intrinsic value. You probably get more more for it as an Olympic medal than you would for the uh, for the raw um, metal metal that's actually in there. So uh, I think I think it would be more sensible to to try and sell it as an Olympic medal. Not that I'm advocating that anybody should do such a thing because it's it's such an emotional thing. You win it, and oh my goodness. That's part of your life, isn't it? Oh no, uh, a- absolutely. And yeah. if if um, Philip, uh, is it true that if you know, obviously there's gold, silver, bronze, but if you come fourth or fifth, do, do you do you get an old search or something, a kind of a runners-up thing or a? Take- well, you actually get a diploma. Oh, um, it used to be just for the top six. Now I believe it's the top eight. But you get a little certificate to say that you competed and that you finished in this position in the race. And, of course, um, a lot of medals end up having to be returned because of doping irregularities afterwards. And so um, that also accounts for those who receive a diploma. And if you are finished fourth, fifth or sixth and you seventh or eighth and you're, di- you're discovered afterwards when they've retested your sample, you have to return the certificate, the diploma as well. Now, they're not as well known um, People don't prize them as much as the medals. People um, beat themselves up because you finished fourth. But you think about it, getting to an Olympic final itself is some achievement. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's something not too many people manage to do. Absolutely. So, by, by my book, gold, silver or bronze is certainly not a failure. And even picking up a diploma for being a finalist 
that isn't failure either. Philip, thanks a million. Uh, that was Philip Barker there, editor of the Journal of Olympic History. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.